What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life insurance. What's your excuse for putting it off? Can't afford it? Too much hassle? Think your work coverage is enough? There's a lot of excuses for putting off life insurance, but one big reason why you shouldn't. If the unexpected were to happen to you, who would pay the mortgage, the kid's tuition, and all the other bills? In a time of grief, the last thing you would want is for your family to have to sell the house and struggle to survive financially. At Ethos, we could get you covered in just 10 minutes and boom, family protected. Rates can increase the longer you wait, so no more excuses. Take 10 minutes today and discover the modern way to get the life insurance coverage you need. Ethos, fast and easy online term life insurance. Up to $2 million in coverage with no medical exam. Some policies as low as a dollar a day. Answer a few health questions and get your free quote at ethoslife.com slash audio. That's ethoslife.com slash audio. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right. And we're back for another edition of the Starting 502 podcast. As always, your host with the most, Presley Meyer, but we also have our second starter, Jacob Lane, in the house today. Jacob, how are we doing, man? I'm doing wonderful. How are you, buddy? It's good to be here. Am I, I the point you. guard or am I the center? What, what position am I playing on this on this starting five team? I have but yet to we'll, figure that out. I, I was about to say, we really haven't revealed, I guess we kind of on social media did, but we haven't really, you know, you're the, only the second starter to, to join the squad. I don't know. I feel like you're kind of a wing. I feel like I have to be. I'm a big, I'm a, I'm a, small undersized wing i'm like a i'm like sydney curry and Dwayne sutton's body think about those two combined that's that's the kind of player that i am i'm not really thinking physicality i'm just thinking about like your role on our on our team that only oh okay and does not actually physically do anything no that's right i'm so sitting it, here it drinking feels a like beer. it feels like alan's the point guard because he's kind of like 
he's you know he can he can get after it a little bit. He's a little chirpy. Mm-hmm. If like if this was a football team, he'd be the cornerback, right? Yeah. Like so, I feel like you know you have to be like the level headed. Like maybe you are the center. Maybe you're like the David Padgett. Yeah, that kind of, offense can run through me. That's right. You're kind of putting guys in the right place. Maybe taking some elbow jays. Um, you know, but no jumper. It. I'm not jumping though. I'm standing flat footed while I take yes. elbow jays. Uh, but we got a lot of, to get into, and we don't want to waste any more of your all's time. Obviously, the big news surrounding Louisville basketball um, has been the play of Sydney. I'm just kidding. The big news has been the IARP ruling that came down on Thursday. Obviously, a, a major deal. I mean, Louisville. I'm not going to say Louisville skated, and people nationally that that said that they did are incorrect because uh, they haven't been in our shoes. They have not experienced this. They don't know what what hosting a post game podcast last year at 11:30 after losing the freaking name a team. There were a lot more losses than wins. Just the most depressing podcast of all time. We finally have metaphorical black cloud. Uh, the rain is from, gone out from above us, essentially. I mean, I yeah, can see clearly I, now. I mean, the fog was such was such a cool touch yesterday. Like I looked out my window over the Ohio River, and I just can't even see like six feet in front of me. Uh, walked the dog, and it was just like I could barely even see. Like I couldn't even see the end of his leash. Like we're talking that foggy. Uh, and then as soon as the the news came out, the fog cleared. The skies were clear the rest of the day. It's been nice and sunny. Just a nice, beautiful November day. No uh, clouds in the sky. How metaphorical is that? But there are some clouds in the sky because, and we'll get into the ba- the basketball. But there there's are some a little clouds in my in sky. This, damn it! Yeah. Okay. Piece, all right. Okay. All right. I don't want to yeah. let it all sound rainbows and sunshine around here. No, man. but we've like, at least stepped out of the mist. Like I don't know how yes. the maybe the mist ends, but but probably probably I feel like they don't step, for us. Yeah, I don't think they step out of it. I just spoil. Yeah, me. I think everybody just get gets dragged into the mist. <laughs> Um, like, you know, like Rick Pitino got dragged into the mist. Tom Jurich got, Tom got dragged Jurich into the got dragged David Padgett got dragged into the and mist. Tom, Tom Jurich has been been yelling from the dead. Like, <laughs> did you see let the, me back out of the mist. Did you see the picture that uh, Andy Sweeney posted of the Zoom call with, with yes. a Jurich in the Pitino press conference? Yeah, I mean, I it, was 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 it was his wife. It was his wife's yeah. name. Yeah, it's like, it's probably like him. When I have to Venmo you $88 every month, it's Jacob Ta- Taylor Jacob Lane. And I'm like, I, I get it. Sherry Bank accounts and all that stuff, whatever. I'm going to make mine Presley Jack Meyer. <laughs> Just so you and your dog have your own Venmo account. Yeah. I yeah. like it. But uh, you're right. Well, I mean, it, it's it, lifted. It's a new day. It's a new era. It's I was going to say, day. so initial reactions, like, were you that shocked that that they quote unquote skated like this? Or was this more along the line of your, your expectations? Well, I mean, I think overall, you know, the 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 true penalty is the friends we made along the way. You know what I mean? Like the last the last six years has just been, I mean, all the way back to the 2015, 2016, whatever it was with with Damian Lee. Um, you know, I know obviously that was tied to something else, but it's just it's just been a constant scandal after scandal, missed opportunity after missed opportunity. And um, you know, it, it was great to see Louisville finally have something go their way for once. You know, I feel like for the last six, seven years, everything's always been, you know, whatever you want to happen. It's the exact opposite times 10. You know what I mean? Uh, and so for them to not get a tournament ban for that, for them to not get any kind of significant recruiting violation penalties and not being able to, I mean, I know they can't send recruiting videos or, or something along the lines of that, something dumb, but, but Hey, let's, let's get our graphic design department out there, you know, and right. we'll be just fine. But 
Um, a couple of things I do want to just point out. One, you know, I, I listened to Kenny Payne talk about yesterday addressing the team and, um, you know, addressing the parents. And, and and I'm really happy for him that we will really get a true blank canvas for, for Kenny Payne, unlike Chris Mack. And my second thing is the statement, the three tweet statement broke my heart. I, you know, I still have a very soft spot for Chris Mack. In mm-hmm. fact, I was just telling my mother yesterday as we talked about what was going to happen that had had Chris Mack gotten the opportunity to play in the NCAA tournament in 2020, had the COVID stuff not been going on in 2021, he is still 100% our coach today. Yep. We are going. We are getting ready to go into a new era where we really feel like we're going to get the best of Chris Mack. But we're not getting that. It's unfortunate the way things ended. It's not uh, Louisville's fault. It is uh, a lot of that is on him. Obviously, this team is still reeling from that. But I did feel bad, you know, for him that uh, he never got the opportunity to be the head coach here without the cloud, the issues, the the darkness. Uh, he got brought into the mist big time, <laughs> big now, big time. Chris Mack. Now, the- now let let me say this. He made it Chris, out on his own. No, he he just Mack, negotiated he, his exit of the mist. He did not in any way help himself out while mm-hmm. he was at the university of Louisville for a number of reasons. For, exactly. You know, we can talk about, exactly. Right. You know, and that's another story. It does impact kind of the full big picture, but at the same time, a lot of those issues with Mac arose from the pressure of this very issue. The, yes. the negative recruiting, the, the not being able to, you know, have the, the, the kind of, you know, chains off per se of, of being able to run the program he wanted. Um, you know, his statement alluded to that very fact. And so, yes, Chris Mack had a lot of issues personality-wise that definitely reared their ugly head during the end of his tenure. But at the same time, I think a lot of that, you see the ugly in people a lot of the times when the pressure is on. And I think he felt the pressure in a way no one really understands. You know, Louisville doesn't fire coaches. That's not really happened in the basketball program. They've become Hall of Famers. You know what I'm saying? And so... Um, anyways, not, not to make this about Chris Mack, but it, it just does make me, you know, feel a little bad for him that he didn't get the opportunity, but also at the same time, I'm very happy for Kenny Payne and these players that won, they can go out and fight their way to the tournament. That'd be what I'm telling them today, every day. They haven't won a, Louisville has not won a tournament game guys since 2017. You can submit yourself in history in this program by going out and surprising people this year. Uh, and I don't know if that's going to happen because the basketball we've seen has just been flat garbage. <laughs> well, well, we'll get into that in just a second. I, I do. My initial reaction was relief more than joy. I think it's just been the, and I have an article that's coming out today on stateofglobal.com. I, I think that there's been this, this boulder on all of our chests, right? Like, and it's like the more crap that keeps happening, the more it just weighs us down. I think that the city, Louisville basketball is as much a part of the city as as horse racing, as bourbon, as you know, you name name something that Louisville's known for, name something that that brings us together, that that encapsulates who we are uh, as a culture. Obviously, I'm not saying that everybody that lives here is a fan of Louisville basketball, cares about basketball, any of that stuff. But it's just a part of who we are. It's a part of our history. Uh, you know, Louisville basketball is what helped bring us together uh, and integrate us. Louisville basketball is what, you know, in, in every culture, there are things that that divide us and bring us closer. And I absolutely think that Louisville basketball is part of that and more so in Louisville than maybe any other sports town in the country. I think it's that important. And so to have that be a part of your identity and have that identity just kind of taken away, that's absolutely been weight 
upon us that we, the weight that we've had to bear for five, six years now. And not only is it a weight that we had to bear, but, it, but it's been an uncertainty. It's been a, you know, like Jacob, you or I supporting the program, we did nothing wrong. People, most of the 99% of people involved in the program that have been through the program uh, for years and years did nothing wrong. And right. Louisville in, in the first scandal, in reality, they did nothing to, to give them a competitive advantage. And I think that's what, that's what hurts so bad. It's not like, it's not like in, in that first incident with, with, uh, you know, Katina Powell and everything else, it, it's not like that was, you know, Louisville was, you know, inflating its basketballs too much or, you know, paying people off to paying refs off or like, you know, like things that would give them an advantage. They didn't illegally, you know, get a recruit or anything like that. It, it was just such a crappy situation. And to have the second scandal and then the Chris Mack situation with Dino Gaudio and everything that's been in, in, involved in that, it's just been one thing after another. And it's just like that weight has been lifted off our chest. And it's more of a sense of relief than it is a, a, a sense of, of joy for me. It, it really is. And there's also a sense of sadness. Like we're moving into a new era and there's, there's so much that was just left on the table. The whole Chris Mack era just felt left on the table. Like it felt there was nothing that came to a completion, right? It, it was a bit of a parting of ways. It was obviously, it was just time for him to go. I think that he realized that. I think Wilbur realized that. But there's, there's a sense of, of kind of just pain and sadness still just because there were so many people, so many lives that were affected, right? So many, co- you know, coaches and administrators, people behind the scenes, you don't even realize that are, that are involved. And nationally, people are like, oh, Louisville needs this. And like, they don't, they don't understand everything that's gone into this. There's been so much more than, than what meets the eye. And people are so quick to place the blame. I know Dan Walken has been kind of leading the charge there. Uh, Pat Forty right there alongside of him. Um, and, and, you know, John Barr from ESPN, you remember when, when the initial scandal came out and, and he's the guy that, that comes in, he's, he's, he's kind of like the guy from, uh, to catch a predator, you know, like he, <laughs> like that's, <laughs> yeah, that's the kind yeah. of vibes that John Barr has. It's like, you know, he's, it's his job to, to, to break these stories and make them captivating. Right. And they did a great job of that nationally. But when you were the victim of that, when you were a, a part of that situation, it's, you know, nobody else wants to know the true story. Nobody wants to know the ins and outs. They're good with the headlines. They're good with the, with the bullet points. They yeah. don't need to know whether Louisville was in the right or wrong. They want to see Louisville punished. They want to see him go down. They Context want to see. doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, Ethan Sproles and I were talking about this, and you and I have discussed this before as well. You know, Louisville was, was the perfect target for this, right? Like, you can't really touch a Kentucky. You can't really touch a, a Kansas, right? Mm-hmm. Like or even saying, like a, a, you can really can't touch Nike. Like that's yes, like yes. we've seen, we've seen, we've seen them kind of prove that time and time again. Yes. And it's always like that Louisville was the ugly stepchild of Adidas. Like, well, we can't punish mm-hmm. as the Arizona, which I know now that's not necessarily the case, but we can't, like, we definitely can't punish Kansas, which now that's definitely probably not the case. But right. at the time, those back-to-back scandals, it was like, oh, there's Louisville again. Get the paddle. Get yep. the paddle. It's it's so well, okay. So Louisville, you know, if you look at, at at the college basketball landscape, right? Like there are five or six true blue bloods. Like uh, UCLA is kind of creeping their way back out of that, but it, they've been pretty good the last couple of years. They went to a national championship game, so you like they're still sticking around a little bit. But you have like Louisville, you have UConn, Syracuse. There are these teams that are 
right there, right on the cusp of, you know, it's a top five, top 10 job, um, you know, top, you know, five revenue gatherers, top five. And, you know, the, the amount of times they've been ranked national championships, final fours, like when you start stacking up the resumes, Louisville is right there. Like, you know, say they went on a run in the next 10 years and, and won two national championships or something. I think they're in that blue blood conversation, but they're not quite right now. And so they're the perfect person to pick on, right? Like when you were, when you were in school, the most popular kids didn't get picked on. Like no, they're un- the kids like me got picked on. Like yeah, the ones they're, that are they're like slightly forgettable. Yeah. The, like- the Jacob Lanes that are like almost like, like they have cool kid friends. Yeah. They also they also aren't quite in the in the cool kid category. Right. They'd they're on the cusp. About, yeah. They'd rather talk about David Ragone and, and Chris Redman and and Marcus Mabin than than uh than have conversations about, about Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and, and, and Pokemon, you know, like like that those are the <laughs> Those are the those are the kind of the kind of kids that got picked on, right? Like, yeah, like they're cool kid by proxy, but yeah. they're not. They, they said, "How cool. about boobs?" And I said, "How about Dave Ragone, though?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about boobs early enough for, to be Dave Ragone. We are in trouble. I was talking about boobs way too early, if that's the case. Because I think I was Dave about Ragone to say, I, think, I was like seven. I was about to say, I didn't even know what a boob was when yeah, I was. Right. Old. It's more like people were like, how about Teddy or, you know, how, how about boobs? And I'm like, but Teddy Bridgewater. I didn't know about boobs until Steve Kragdorf. But listen, man, I mean, it, it's it's exciting, but it's also more relieving than anything. And I think it's 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 a way to to move on. And 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 with that in mind, you know, there, there's been so much conversation about this. Everybody can have their own opinion. But really, I, I think that you and I are kind of both in that boat, that we're just relieved. We can cover basketball and be fans of a team without thinking about that um at least you know that's in the past right and so now as we look forward to the future uh, we look at the at the Kenny Payne era we can start anew we can start fresh and that's that's nice the one issue is it's going to be really difficult for fans all of a sudden to cool the jets because now that there are quote-unquote no excuses left on the table people people want to see a successful team and they want to see it now. And look, I mean, we've seen a red, white scrimmage. We've seen two uh, exhibition games against Lenore Ryan and Chaminade. This is not the Louisville basketball that we're accustomed to. So people are upset. Uh, and, and Jacob, I think that you and I look at this and under two very different perspectives. So I think that's why you're a perfect person to have on today. From your perspective, what, what are you seeing from this team? And, and is, there, is there hope? I guess that's, that's my first question. Is there hope? Or are you, like, significantly worried about this team? Um, I, I think both of those. Like, I think there is hope. But I am, I am definitely significantly worried about this team. I saw somebody say it on Twitter. I think it was Rashawn Myers. But this is the worst team of his Louisville lifetime that he's seen so far. And it's, look, it's two games. I understand. But I have been saying that now for a couple of weeks. Like, Hands down, this roster is more close to a bunch of Jay Hendersons than it is to a bunch of Donovan Mitchells. Like, there are, in my opinion, seven players on this team right now. Um, And that list has the opportunity to grow as the season goes on. Seven guys that I've looked at and I've said, that guy would play for Patina, could play for Patina. That guy could play for Mac. This team is just not very talented, dude. Like, when, when guys go off the floor, like in the starting five, it's almost like watching a JV version of Louisville. Like when you have, and, and no offense to these guys, it's still so early. You could tell these guys have a lot mentally that they're processing, trying to figure out. 
a lot of them are young, inexperienced. You know, as much as Zan Payne is a, a senior by uh, by letter, he is a freshman and inexperienced playing on the floor. Like he's never actually played. Uh, Hersey Miller has never actually played. Fabio Basili uh, was in high school at Oak Ridge High three months ago. These guys have not played college basketball, and you're seeing that. Uh, but what I've seen against Lenore Ryan and Chaminade is uh, enough for me to, to sound the alarm because those teams are not as good or anywhere near as good as the Wright States and the App States and the, the, the San Diego States. The teams at Louisville is getting ready to go play Bellarmine even next week, dude. Like, I have not seen anything in the first two exhibition games that gives me confidence that Louisville is going to be able to win many games at all. In fact, double digits, it feels like a stretch at this point today when we're sitting here recording this it feels like a stretch to get to double digit wins they're going to get better right there's a lot that we're going to talk about here in a second that's encouraging because i've chosen to kind of look at how bad overall it's been there are a lot of things that if you zoom in on they're really good like the fact that l's had 28 points and really drove them to victory against chaminade jalen withers and mike james are hitting threes they're proving to be legitimate you know guys who have improved their shooting but overall this team looks worse than last year's team, dude. Like at the end of the day, they're essentially last year's team. This this team is almost made up of entirely what we saw last year, of guys that are playing in the rotation. You, you obviously have Kamari Lands and BHH, uh, but most of these guys played for Mac last year and showed a lot of issues when they were in. And we're seeing those same things under Payne. Um, <clears throat> I believe Kenny Payne when he says that they're working, they're going to get better. But dude, this is bad basketball. There is no one on this team who can consistently uh, – I shouldn't say there's no one. There's two guys on this team who can consistently score. Uh, and at that, it's not even consistent. LLS had two points in the first game. This is going to be a rough season. And that's okay. It's okay. Like, I'm willing to bend the knee to that thought. Like, it's it's okay that we, we've never really had a true rebuilding season, you know. Think about what Padgett did in 18. Think about what Mac did in 19. We didn't think we were going to make the tournament in 19. Uh, we don't know what's at the end of the season, but this is the the, the biggest rebuild anyone has had uh, at Louisville in my lifetime. Uh, it's a very tall task, but so far I'm not encouraged to believe that this is a team that's going to overachieve. I, I just think there's too many glaring issues. The best thing that can happen to them is a Caleb Glenn, Curtis Williams, uh, XYZ player that we don't know about getting here in January. Like that's honestly the best thing you could ask for at this point is somebody to get here in January. Just somebody new that can be added into the mix because this is not a Louisville basketball team from a talent perspective. It's just not. I think the conversation yesterday centered around two words that were, that were very polar opposite. What one word at the beginning of the day, exoneration, right? That was the, the big word of the day until the basketball game, right? Was that, that Rick Bettina was exonerated of wrongdoing. Chris Mack was exonerated of wrongdoing. And the university as a whole was exonerated. After all of this, after five years of waiting and this being held over our heads and, and Pat Forty saying that Louisville basketball should be, they should just get rid of Louisville basketball and just shouldn't even exist for two or three years. And I'm, which is just so dramatic. Such How melodramatic is that day? What it's, even back then, people were like, okay, whoa. Like John Barr and Dan Wolfen were like, okay, 40, whatever. Exoneration was the big word, and that kind of brought us joy. That brought us hope. But then the other E word, expectations, is kind of what, what began to let us down a little bit. 
Um, and I'm starting to sound like a youth pastor a little bit with, with my <laughs> analogies here. With your oofenisms. That's definitely not the right word. Oofenism is not a word. Yes. Euphemism? Yes. That's what yeah, I, yeah. That's yeah. not I'm, I'm not even sure if that's the correct word, but we're going to go with it because it's an E word, right? I guess. I think it's the expectations that are really going to kill people this year. You know, I saw uh, Steve Rummage tweeted out like he's going to have to see a heart doctor this season. The reality is this is the perfect year to just jump on the Kenny Payne train. I, that sounds corny. To just just jump on the Louisville bandwagon, to be all in, to be a fan. You can have criticisms of this team. I don't have an issue with that. I have plenty of criticisms of, of this team. However, you have to have realistic expectations when, when analyzing this team. This, this is a team coming off of, of one of their worst seasons ever, and they really didn't add anything to make them better. That's yeah, it. I mean, it. That's what it boils down to, quite yeah. frankly. Like they in, in did the podcast. Not, there we go. Yeah, yeah, there we go. That's the end of the show. But they, they, it's not like football where we're seeing the transfers that left, the Jordan Watkins, the Tyler Harrells. Now, listen, don't, not, I'm not saying that the guys they added are better at every, every single spot, but for the most part, they, the guys that left in football were replaced by guys that were better. In basketball, there was no replacement of a DeAndre Davis like that. That uh, that became Hersey Miller. There was no replacement of Darius Perry over the last couple of years. That's now Fabio Basili. Like the talent is just not what it was for that very reason. You're spot on, man. You know, we were all very excited, and and we still still we still should be, in my opinion, excited about Brandon Hunt, Huntley Hatfield. Yeah, I think he will find Louisville has to find a way to get him on the floor. And in the right positions. We saw last year at Tennessee what he can be. And he's probably the most talented player on this roster. I, I, and, and you you can make an argument for a couple other guys, but I, I don't know if he's the best player. I don't know if he's going to have the best season. I don't even know if he's going to work out a little bit. There's no denying that he's, he's talented. talented. Yeah. He's a six foot 11 guy who can play the four, who can put the ball on the floor, who has post moves, who can shoot the ball. He's a prototypical NBA four, right? Like that's what, you know, if you're the I'm, – I'm just trying to just spitball. You know the NBA a lot better than me, but, I mean, I'm thinking like Dallas Mavericks, Orlando Magic, uh, New York Knicks. Like, th- these are the types of teams that, I mean, he, he would fit in on a lot of different teams. His his body type and his what he's shown that he is capable of doing. Yes. I think that that there are absolutely NBA uh, scouts that, that are looking at, at, at Brandon Huntley Hatfield. But, I, I mean, this is a guy that it was hard to see a reason to have him on the floor – over J.J. Trainer last night, and, and really in the, in the first game, and, and both exhibition games, he's looked very tentative, lost on both sides of the floor, um, you know, and then, so you, you brought in Brandon Huntley Hatfield, and you brought in Fabio Basile, and really those are, I mean, I'm, I'm looking down the roster, I mean, we have Devin Reed, but nobody's expected Devin Reed to be that dude, and you already had Kamari Lands coming in, Kamari Land's probably going to be a starter. We can get in that into, into that in a second. Best plus minus on the floor last night. Dude, he hit the shot like uh, in the second half where he had to, it was a bad pass. It was a cross court pass. He had to catch it, handle it, and then back up, pull up, and he hit a three. I mean, it yeah. was, that's an NBA play right there. He still looks so, so timid from what I know he is, but dude, that kid's yeah, a player. I, man. I went to the game with uh, fellow starter uh, Ethan Sproles last night. Um, Ethan Sprouse, Ethan Sprouse, sorry. I, I will do it forever. Ethan Sprouse. I apologize to Ethan's mother and father and anyone else who is normally proud of him. Ethan Sprouse and the flow of the game last night. We were watching that play. There's like, he's not going to take that, is he? And he freaking, yeah. I mean, it was absolutely a bad pass that he kind of saved the play, kind of stepped into like a 28 footer. Like that's what we're expecting to see out of a guy like that. But, but 
ultimately kind of just to get back to my point very quickly, you know, you really didn't, the, the guys that you lost, you brought in about the same pieces type of pieces, right? If we want to go down the road of getting into the, into the semantics of, of arguing Fabio versus Darius Perry or whatever, like, we could do that, but I mean, let's be real. This is not the little, this is not the talent that we're used to. As no, this is what a rebuilding roster looks and, like. And this they, right here. Yes. And they brought in players who are developmental guys to replace guys who already have experience. And that's what concerned me in the offseason, right? Like if there's one thing that we can complain about Kenny Payne doing and the staff doing, it's supposed to be a superstar staff who's going to bring in these great recruits and and I get that they didn't have the time to make relationships like others but like other guys did but by the same token with the transfer portal now this should not be the way that the guard situation looks like every other coach like okay uh, say it's Bill Self say it's John Calipari say it's you know John Shire like if you're looking at at the transfer portal Kenny Payne actually got a little bit of a head start on those guys like he came in while those guys were still playing in the tournament they're still closing down their season. Louisville's been closed down for a while. Louisville kind of shut it down, just played the remainder of their schedule underneath under an interim coach. Yeah. And those guys got the heck out of Dodge. There's no excuse for not bringing in guys in the transfer portal. Like, yes, we have the excuse of the black cloud hanging over your head and whatever else, but like, you got to find somebody better than Fabio. Dan Payne and not, about, not, not somebody that needs to be playing minutes here. No. And Hersey Miller. No. Like, same thing. You know, we can we can look at Hersey Miller and say, okay, well, he's a guy, you know, he got a big NIL deal and blah, blah, blah. I mean, you know, it doesn't take an expert to to see that Hersey Miller is, you know, a guy that comes in and plays like garbage minutes at the end of the game. Like, can he become something? Maybe. But we're not talking about can he become something. We're talking about if you wanted this team to improve at all right now, you don't bring in Hersey Miller, Zan Payne, and Fabio Basili. You bring in Tyrese Hunter, Tyrese you bring Hunter, in Malachi Smith, and yes. you bring in you know guys from the transfer. Monty Bates, like yeah, right. like any of the guys that that we we're looking at, like. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There were immensely talented guys in the transfer portal that Louisville was in on, that they had every opportunity to grab. And for one reason or another, none of those guys worked out. So you kind of take like a late flyer uh, and take a chance on a Fabio Basili, which again, he seems like he's a talented dude, but he's not anywhere close in his game to where he needs, where Louisville needs him to be. Now you're looking at a situation where if L. Ellis, as you saw in the first game, if L. Ellis gets in foul trouble, what you saw in the first game, it's going to be, it might be slightly improved from that, 
again in a 57 to 47 loss of Lenore Ryan. But look, L. Ellis is the guy. He's the only person that will make this team go this year. The like, I'm only not, person. I'm not sure. Like, like, like you know, there's a lot of talk in the offseason. Okay, well, maybe you know, maybe Kamari Lands can handle the ball. I've heard a lot of that, right? Like in Kenny Payne's office, everybody's going to handle the ball. You still have to have somebody who can be ball dominant. Like I get a Brandon Huntley Hatfield can handle the ball. Jalen Withers can handle the ball, but they're not going to be the guy setting up the offense. They're not going to be the guy bringing the ball down the floor. Like if I'm an opposing coach and you put Fabio Basili, if you put Hersey Miller, or even if you put Mike James or somebody like that at the point guard, just I'm to press the Ellis, hell out of you the whole time. That I would press the shit out of them. Yeah, like, because who, they can't. Look, this is the thing that's been very obvious about the first two games. That whole everyone can handle the ball narrative is effing bullshit. Like, it is horseshit. Because I saw two guys comfortable dribbling the basketball in the first two games against freaking Lenora Ryan and Shamanad, dude. Like, it would be one thing if they just played Syracuse and Texas, but they played Shamanad and Lenora Ryan, two Division II schools. And I see two people that are comfortable handling the ball. Now, look, they're not getting out here ripped or anything, but, like, any time that L is not handling the ball, uh, Hersey looks like he's pressed, like he's pressing himself. Kamari is pressing to dribble. They're they're pressing to dribble. Yeah, they're getting up the floor, but you see an example yesterday where they cover Mike James up. He gets uh, – he, he dribbles it up to the, 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 the far sideline, does a little 360, resets, finds L. Ellis, and passes the ball off. That's not handling the ball. That's not handling the ball. And all offseason, I was told by everyone who is supportive of this roster, they can handle the ball one through five. Horse shit. Get out of here. If Sidney Curry's bringing the ball up, this team's in freaking trouble, man. Yeah, and that's that's what – I guess that's kind of the overarching issue with this roster because I think there are – like, I know we've said, you know, this is what a rebuilding roster looks like. It's just a poorly constructed roster. Yeah. And, and uh, that's, I, I think that's been the narrative. Like if you go back and listen to this podcast in the off season, that is what we've talked about is that Louisville has a lot of bigs. They keep bringing in bigs, lots of bigs, lots of tall guys, which is great. I mean, like you bring out like an off the bus team, the Louisville's going to win a national championship this year as an off the bus team. Like if you bring, if you get, have Sidney Curry, Brandon, Brandon Huntley, Hatfield, JJ trainer, and Jalen Withers getting off the bus. Dude, like, they're hey. long as shit. Like the whole team, when they when they are on the floor together, you're just like, holy crap! Every single one of them has a wingspan that will make Jay yes. Billis salivate. Even like, well, and I was gonna say, yeah, I mean, even L. Ellis, like, you know, he he looks like he's a has a more slender build, but he is six three and he's long. I mean, he probably has a six five, six six wingspan at least. So like, you're talking like even your smallest players are, are big dudes. Even Zan Payne is like six four. Dude, like, he's burly. He's burly. Yeah, he's yeah. A, Dan Payne he's, is he, he's a thick boy. <laughs> he is. I mean, he's playing the wrong sport, dude. Like Satterfield could use him in the backfield, man. Oh, for dude, sure. no, Zan, Zan Payne would be a great like walk-on tight end. He really would. I'm yeah, I'm not even joking. I was thinking about it last night, though. Like, go out and get a Satterfield guy to join this roster for the second half of the season. Like, give me Marshawn Ford playing on this basketball team for a semester. I mean, like, come on now. Like, how fun would that be? Like, we need something. We need a Josh Chichester on this team. Because I'm telling you what, dude, Maui is going to be such a bad experience. Maui is going to be like going to Hawaii and staying at a Rata, or at a Ramada. Like that's what it's going to be for us watching <laughs> them play in the Maui Invitational. You're They're st- not going to win a game. Like maybe the last one they'll get lucky, 
But this team is not built to be able to beat anybody early in its schedule besides Bellarmine, Wright State, and App State. Like, yeah, I, I mean, don't, and I don't think they're going to start three zero anyway. So it doesn't yeah. even matter. It's going to be rough. Man. It is going to be so much rougher than what we thought. And well, I think people got to just accept that. It's not a criticism of can Kenny be the guy long term. Like criticizing criticizing what they look like on the floor this year. Um, and it's not even criticizing. It's just more woe, like woeing. Uh, woeing about what we see on the floor and and lamenting the fact that they missed on so many players doesn't indicate that Kenny can't be the guy. It's just frustrating because you see there's there's talented role players and there's talented players that had they been complimented with stars, had they been complimented with, you know, five-star freshmen and uh, a couple of transfer portal team guys, this is a team that could have competed to win the ACC. That's what's so frustrating. Yes. And Instead, we're going to watch them likely be the, the Boston College and Georgia Tech of the ACC for a year. Uh, yeah. And we've not had to do that. We've not had to do that. Even last year, they were competitive in enough games. It was late in the season when they really crumbled. Um, but we didn't expect them last year to go, what was it, 10 and 18? Mm-hmm. Whatever the record was. This and, and this season, we're thinking that they're going to be 500. It's going to be likely 10 and 18, 9 and, nine and you know, 19. It's just going to be rough. And people just got to get prepared for that. Um, and, and like I said, that's okay for right now. It's okay. I, yeah, I mean, that hurts to say, like, I can, I can see in your face, like I can see you swallowing your pride a little bit. Well, as you say that, like, cause it's painful to say, like when you're a fan and you've been watching just like not good basketball for the last few years, it's really difficult to just come out and be like, look, I mean, it's going to be rough. Like, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, and it's, it's that, but it's also like we've, we have seen some rough basketball and we've seen, you know, if it was on a, if it was on a line graph, we'd see the line of quality basketball, you know, just completely plummet after Carly Jones and David Johnson leave to mm-hmm. now that this is, this is, and no offense to these guys. Like, I'm, I'm so happy for guys like Fabio Basili, Zan Payne. These guys are getting the opportunity to play for Louisville when they likely would never get that opportunity. But mm-hmm. this is the worst roster from a top to bottom perspective I have seen in my lifetime, dude. It is not Louisville basketball. So here's, and again, I think this kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier. I don't necessarily think that it's lacking in talent. I just don't think it's constructed to win basketball games. Like it's just, it's just not. Like if you look at, like if you just look at the front line of you have Huntley Hatfield, you have Sidney Curry, Jalen Withers, Roosevelt Wheeler, JJ Trainer. That's a that's a pretty solid front line. Like, is it the best we've ever seen? No. Can they compete and, and win enough games to make NCAA tournament? Yes. If you just isolate those guys, stand those guys out alone. But you're asking those guys to do a lot more than just be that. And they're also they also have to find their identity and learn to play within the Kenny Payne system right now. Like, there's a lot of transition, a lot of X's and O's, a lot of moving parts that are, that are going on right now. And it's going to be really interesting to see if this becomes about, as Kenny Payne has been saying, does it become a cultural thing? Like, are we just strictly concerned on, we just want to get better every single game and we want to, you know, play with confidence, as he keeps saying. We want to just just keep working in our culture, keep, like, because it's going to be a really tough sell to fans if, if that's the case. Like Kenny Payne's been saying, I need you. I need you to hold on. I need you to just trust me. Kenny need needs me to play, play almost at this point. I mean, like I'm concerned that that's what he meant when he said, I need you. Yeah. like this, I need you to suit up for a game. I, yeah. When he looks out there and he's, uh, yeah, I don't know what's just happening. There's a ghost in your house, brother. That is quite possibly the weirdest thing that's ever happened. Since yeah. Here. yeah. I don't, those, I, for those at home, Jacob was just sitting underneath the light and it just went dead. 
like it, it, in his house. It did. And 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 I, thought the, I thought the power was out for a second, but no, no everything's just, good. Just, uh, Let, it, let's talk specifics about this game for a second okay, last night. Okay, and let's good. just talk about, okay, it's exhibitions. You've been screaming that for the last two games. Mm-hmm. There's been the fan base that's been the season's over. I'm somewhere in the middle. Like, I'm alarmed at how bad this was uh, for these two teams that they just played. Chaminade lost by 44 to Ohio State. Lenore Ryan was missing its best three players and went 10 and 18 last year, just like Louisville did uh, in the second year of Everett Sullivan's tenure there. Let's, let's not act like we just played the best team. Nah, well, it was just, it was a sixth year. Oh, six year. Sorry. Okay. So, Sorry. So, I mean, okay. Like they, I, I will say about Lenore Ryan, they were, they're an established team. They'd already played a scrimmage game. Um, and, and the, it's not like Lenore Ryan played a bad game. Like, Stop it. I don't need any more excuses. I, I know. We, I, we don't need to do – we don't need yeah. to, to do – A little, little loss to that. They, they should not have lost. I agree with that. Points. I agree with that. Um, but what I'm seeing is guys getting blown by on baselines for, for you know, layups at, at right at the rim. I'm, I'm seeing guys getting jumped over for rebounds. I mean, Louisville gave up. I think they had at one point in the first half yesterday, in the first maybe 10 minutes of the game against Chaminade, had given up nine offensive rebounds. Mm-hmm. They have – um they have been less than aggressive uh is a nice way of saying it they have been very passive in their rebounding they've been very passive in their anything really relating to aggression now i really loved seeing jj trainer get to the free throw line same with kamari lands shooting you know kamari lands was being a little bit more aggressive yesterday obviously l ellis was very aggressive playing at 38 minutes which is a problem in and of itself against a uh, chaminade they they defensively pressed they gave up 30 points in the first like eight minutes of the second half against chaminade yesterday i mean it is basic things that these guys are long they are athletic they should not be getting blown by like this um, and not being able to defend and rebound and do the things that at the bare minimum like we know this team isn't going to be one that's going to do a lot of offense that's, uh, you know, running sets and getting guys open off of uh, off of plays. It's going to be a lot more one on one, spreading the ball, moving the ball, getting guys to rotate, you know, backdoor cuts, that getting the ball into Sydney transition like this isn't going to be a team that's going to score a lot of points. We've seen scoring droughts early already and to know that. Um, but at the bare minimum, what we thought they'd be is a team that's getting putbacks, that's getting layups, that's getting out in transition and, and just beating their team based off pure hustle. And I don't know if maybe they're, you know, shocked at, at the lights, as Kenny said, when the lights come on and they're not ready or what. But it's things that every basketball player has been doing since they were in middle school. It's bare necessity basketball um, and they're not doing it. And it doesn't make sense to me. I don't, I don't understand why. And I think that can improve, but if they're getting beat by Chaminade, like getting blown by not being able to defend a guy like Braden Olson, who he, that kid can play division one basketball. He's a pretty good guard. Uh, he's got some weird, got some weird tattoos, uh, but he's got, but he's a good basketball player. It just doesn't yesterday. It's like, if we lose this game, so what it's a rebuilding year. Like that's how they played. That's the urgency they played with until LS absolutely took over the game. Um, but this team overall just looks lost. Uh, they look like um, the defense isn't leading the offense. Like, you know, we heard Chris Mack always say that guys weren't getting their shots to fall. And so they weren't playing defense. Like that's, that's what I've seen the last two games. And from a low post presence, they don't have it. They don't have a, uh, they don't have a rim protector. They don't have a, an elite defender that you can put on a, on a wing and say, go shut their best player down. They don't have any of those things. Uh, and, 
there's time to get those things, Presley. There's time to, to, to click list them and go put them in your cart and go pick them up on your pickup order uh, throughout the year. But for now, it, it's, it's going to be next Wednesday night against Bellarmine. Thank God Bellarmine's got some guys banged up uh, or else that game might be a 10-point loss for Louisville because they're going to move the shit out of the ball. They're mm-hmm. going to have Louisville spinning next week trying to cover yeah. that offense. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I think the thing that, that encourages me a little bit is that the issues that they're having feel very correctable. Like, I think issues like, you know, somebody asked Kenny Payne, when you're, have, when you're having these issues on the boards, which Louisville ended up out-rebounding Chaminade, and that's why they won the game, uh, they were losing the rebounding battle by, by more than 10 at one point in that game. Uh, and they, I think it was after the under-eight timeout, they came out with a different look, uh, a different sense of aggression. Sidney Curry finally stepped up a little bit. Uh, J.J. Trainer was great. Uh, J.J. Trainer played the best game of his career. Oh, yeah, man, absolutely. To, you know, 12, 13, 14, and 8 or something like that. I, you so, know, so that's – that is 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 a good aspect. There are other things like they've had five blocks in both games they played in, which is great. That's not something that that I remember have, happening much at all under Chris Mack. Uh, rarely happened under Patino. They get a lot of deflections under Patino, but uh, five five blocks is awesome. Um, but there are things that are correctable, like ten for twenty on layups. It's got to be better, man. One dunk yeah. against Lenore Ryan. One, One for d- two on dunks. Ten for twenty on layups. Four fast break points. And they had zero fast break points against Lenore Ryan. So in the scrimmages, they averaged two fast break points a game. That's that's bad. A that's a problem. And but when I say that there are opportunities, like there are in the areas where they need to improve are, are things that are improvable. Like they they have the the size, they have the athleticism. Now it's about how how do they take advantage of that? I think it starts with creating more possessions from their defense. They have to create more deflections. They have to continue getting blocks, and they can't get lost on defense. I don't care if you make a if there's a defensive lapse every once in a while, but you can't see see Shamanad go on a 16-2 run to start the half. Like that's the kind of stuff that should concern people, you know. And like you said, Jacob, 30 points in, in the first eight minutes, the first two segments yeah. of the second half. That's that's the stuff that will kill them. Now, with all of that in mind, there is potential. And that's, that's, you know, when I go through and, and, and I, I did this before the season and then we can kind of close it down on, on this as well. I tried to break the games down into three tiers and, and just based on my expectations, what we knew about the team, we knew guard play was going to be a struggle. We knew that, that they might come limping into the season and have to improve. All that's come to fruition. We're already seeing a little, little bit of panic in that aspect. But I identified these games, the Louisville games that we should expect Louisville to win even in a down season. Bellerman, which again, Bellerman's closer to a 50-50 game than I'd, I'd like to admit right now. Yeah. Wright State, App State, Maryland, Western Kentucky, Florida A&M, Lipscomb, two games against Clemson and two games against Georgia Tech. Looking at this team right now, I, I find it hard to believe that they'd win all those games. But I said in this preseason preview, I think this is about a month, month and a half ago, I really feel like, like Louisville needs to get through those games and only lose one or two games. I think that should be the expectation. And I still think, even from what we've seen, I still think that's possible. Like, I think the two teams that they played were disciplined. The, the nice thing about that challenge is they know that if they can kind of kick you while you're down a little bit, those kind of teams can hang around with a team like Louisville. Mm-hmm. 
it's not going to be as much when you, you're having other teams kind of try to match athleticism with you. Like when you're playing at Georgia Tech, I really like Louisville's chances against Georgia Tech this year. I think Georgia Tech's going to be awful. Uh, I like Louisville's chances against Clemson. I don't think they're going to be very good this year. But then you get in, there's some other games that you're just like, I mean, I hope they survive. I hope they don't get in. Yeah, like Duke, North Carolina, yeah. uh, so, so, Virginia. I mean, any game they play in Hawaii. Let's go with that, first of all. So yeah. they play Arkansas, then either Texas Tech or Creighton, and then they're going to play either San Diego State, Ohio State, Cincinnati, or Arizona. One of San Diego State, Ohio State, Cincinnati, and Arizona will be 0-2, and it's very likely that Louisville will be the other 0-2 team. Who do you think that team would be? Uh, it's probably going to be Cincinnati or San Diego State, if I just had to guess. I, I think it's going to be Cincinnati. I think San Diego State's got some some pretty solid players this year. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, so, that's, that field is stacked, man. That field is stacked. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's solid. But then, yeah, like you said, they play two games against Florida State. They play at Kentucky. They play North Carolina, at Duke, and then twice against Virginia. My expectation going into the season was you cannot – so out of the if, – if you want to make the tournament, like let's just talk big picture here. If you want to make the tournament, they have to go 11 and 0 in, in that tier tier one. Maybe 10 and one at very worst nine and two in, in that tier. So like you got to beat the Bellarmine, you got to beat the Lipscombs. You, you got to win those games. Have to. Uh, six and two in tier two, which we didn't really talk about, but those are like the middle of the pack ACC teams essentially. Yeah, the NC States, the Clemsons, the Boston yeah. Colleges. Yes. yes, yes. And then tier three, if they go 10 and two or two and 10. They go two and ten against against the ones I was listed off the Kentuckys. Yeah, the games if they can do that. So say say they win eleven and 0, 6 and two, two and ten, nineteen and twelve. That's going to get you right on the bubble. Win a couple games in the ACC tournament, you're in. Now, with all that in mind, they they have to be improved against Bellarmine in order to to beat Bellarmine. We saw they they the red white scrimmage was a disaster. We saw that that against Lenore Lenore Ryan, it was not much better, but there was some promise LLS really didn't play. So then you go into Chaminade and they didn't look great, but they were improved game over game. You yeah. got to continue that trend. They have, they have to look at the, you have to look back at the next 10 games. You want to make the tournament. You have to look back at the next 10 games and say there was market improvement every single game. You know, Brandon Huntley Hatfield's finally assimilating here. Uh, you got to be surprised. You got to be surprised by somebody yes. like a Fabio, a Hersey, a Devin Reese. Somebody has to emerge Somebody's as just being serviceable, me. right? Yes. Yes. Um, but can I point out one statistic that I think is really worth kind of calling out? I know this has been a, a, a little bit more of a negative show um, in terms of just kind of, and it's not that we're trying to be dicks. Like we're just pointing out the the, the legitimate flaws here. But one thing that I have to call attention to that has rocked my socks off in the first two games is the three-point shooting of Jalen Withers and Mike James. Those guys are 11 of 16 in, the, in these two games. That's impressive. And if you can get a BHH, if you can get Sid going and getting 10 points a game, if you can get a, a serviceable backup guard who can at least just facilitate, you can have that market improvement every yes. game. You can. Yes. Because Kamari Lands is going to be – you have it sprinkled. You have some in your starting lineup and you have some in your bench. You've got Kamari Lands and JJ Trainer off the bench. You've got those guys in the starting five. Like there's opportunity to get better across the board. Uh, and the three-point shooting is a very large surprise considering how bad they were shooting the three-point shot yes. last year, uh, especially Jaywin Weathers uh, and Mike James. This is the first time I've gotten to see him. He yeah. needs to figure the sock game out because the sock game, it's not working for him. <laughs> the high knee socks, it, it's just... I know he's got an Achilles to protect. He's had some leg injuries. They're probably more compression sleeves, but right. 
he looks like uh, like a grandpa out there playing basketball. I he guess. needs so what he needs to do. He needs to have a different colored sock than on his compression foot? sleeve. Ah, no, no, just okay, okay. That way you can determine. Okay, that's the sock. That's the sleeve. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Not yeah, like the because that was popular. Sock. I don't know if you remember like fifth, sixth grade basketball. Dude, I was a high sock guy. Me and well, me and uh, t- my buddy Tyler used to wear. We would get to a game and we would each have a colored sock. Right, I'd have red socks and he'd have green socks. I'd mm-hmm. give him a sock. He'd give me a sock, and we'd go two different colored socks. Yeah, I used like to think for you. Yeah, that was very popular, like in the early two thousands when we were when we were coming up playing basketball. Yeah. Uh, I would wear the high sock, low sock. Yeah, so I'd have have one high sock like up to my knee, and another sock like just past my ankle. High sock, low sock. The, the, that's the Tracy McGrady is what that. Yeah, is. yeah, the, yeah. the T Mac, yeah. and then the always T-Mac. had the always had the sweatbands. I remember yeah. uh, one game I forgot my sweatbands. I was really off in the first quarter, and my mom <laughs> stuck over. She's like. Sweetie, I got the sweatbands. It's like, not those sweatbands, mom. What are you doing, mom? Come on. Not the Nike ones, the Adidas uh, ones. Three stripes for life, bro. Yeah, I, I agree with the sock game. Going forward, I, I, I think that there's, there's potential. And that, that's why I've just kind of urged people. I, I understand the panic. I really do, truly. And is this team going to make the tournament? I would say there's a 20% chance, and that might even be generous. With that being said, I think it's going to be a fun ride. Like this could be a team where we're, we're like, all right, well, maybe we can make the NIT. Like, but really what you want to see is you want to see them continue to be to, to grow a, as a team. You want to see them get better. And then as the season goes on, you're going to start seeing recruiting pickup. You know, I mean, Louisville has a big five-star recruit on campus. Word is that the, this is going very well. A lot of people are saying that that Louisville could could, you know, bring in a couple, which again, I know until it happens, I get it, but like there, there is potential for Louisville to land some big recruits. Once you start seeing that ball rolling, just like in football, if the play on the court gets a little better, people are going to take a little bit of a sigh of relief. If you're if you're playing North Carolina and Duke, you know, to, to single possession, you know, two or three possession games, if, you know, you're taking care of business against lesser teams, that start, sort of stuff starts happening. I think that people are going to calm down a little bit. I understand that, that some people just didn't like Kenny Payne from the jump. I understand that, that people are not going to be supportive, but overall – we have to understand and set realistic expectations. This is a team that was crappy last season. And instead of doing a complete overhaul, they've kind of piecemealed a team together and it's going to be a, it's going to be a a difficult transition. This is not going to be easy. Uh, We're going to sit here after a lot of games that are going to be losses. I can promise you that. Yeah. One other thing thing I can promise you is if you set realistic expectations for yourself, just be a fan, just enjoy what you're watching be critical when you need to be critical, give praise when you need to give praise. Don't allow yourself to get too high or too low and just kind of enjoy the ride because I'm telling you, I think that Louisville has a lot of stuff that we can believe in and we can work off of. I think that's the exciting part. Any, uh, any prediction before we get out of here for Bellarmine? Uh, prediction for Bellarmine. Louisville's going to win. Uh, I do feel confident about that. Louisville's got the athletes, and I think that we'll see the improvement that's needed. Bellarmine is uh, – they've had some injuries. They've had a lot of loss in their first two years of being in Division One. I. I expect them to take a step back this year compared to where they've been the last two. It's a rebuilding year for them as well. Pretty young team. Uh, I just want to see guys, you know, just come in – absorb the energy of the crowd which hopefully since it's the first game in the um with kenny as the head coach the official game that it's going to be a nice crowd the nine o'clock tip off does not help uh but there it should be a good crowd because bellarmine fans are going to come out mm-hmm. uh, i just want to see them look like louisville basketball uh, just mm-hmm. aggressive even if it's in failure i would be much happier with a loss against bellarmine because we were 
uh, overtly aggressive and, and it didn't work out for us versus being passive and not having the effort. Uh, prediction, L. Ellis uh, dominates the game. I'm going to say he has a 25-point game in game one. I agree. I, and then Kenny Payne will complain about how many and how many points he scored after the game. Um, no, I mean, there, it's, it's a 9 o'clock game on a Wednesday, so there's going to be some alcohol consumption for sure. Um, maybe a bit more of an adult crowd, which those are always really fun. Um, and yeah, it, it should, it should be a good time. And I think Louisville's going to secure a victory. Uh, I think that, and that, that'll be such a feel good moment, won't it? Like, you know, you're playing your, your inner city quote unquote rival, you know, everybody loves Scotty D most people who are Louisville fans are also Bellarmine supporters. So it's just, it's just a nice fun kind of uh, matchup it, it, as it is. Um, I think we all know that, that Bellarmine's going to come out and not make a bunch of mistakes. They're going to move the ball really well on offense, like you suggested, Jacob. Rebounding will be the difference in this game, 100%. If they rebound like they did against Lenore Ryan and Chaminade, they're probably going to lose. If they get in there and they actually take rebounding serious from the opening tip, I think they have a chance to win by double digits. But they have they have to just get it done in that, in that capacity. As always, and I'll say this every week probably, L. Ellis cannot get into foul trouble. He just can't. And, like, I think it might even be a situation where if L. Ellis does get into foul trouble, I think Kenny Payne's just going to learn to just keep playing him. Like, I just think he's that important. If he comes off the floor, then figure it out after that. Like, if he gets five fouls, figure it out later. Yeah. Let him play. Just let him play. That's your only hope. Like, I'm I'm just – until they – maybe, maybe you know, somebody comes out of the woodworks and and does okay. But I think that – I think ultimately comes down to rebounding. I think Louisville finds a way to win this game. It'll be a feel-good moment. And when we talk about it after the game, it'll be, you know, a a fun discussion. So, yeah. um, until next time, Jacob, thank you very much. Starting Five With You podcast. Let's get out of here. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.